This is Beautiful Church, a podcast where we hear about how God is putting hope and courage into his church in a time when it feels like everything else is falling apart. Welcome to Beautiful Church. Uh, we're here with Sarah McNulty. Hello. I'm your host, Zach Kensley. I'm the co-host. And you're the co-host? Yes. The host, the this hostess is... with the mostess? You know what? I have been called that before. <laughs> I actually cringe every time I hear that, but I said it. it, it I is bless the, you. It's something that I said, so you know? it's out there. Thank so you. I got to own that. I said hostess with the mostess. I receive it. And if you cringe just now hearing that, um, I'm... You're all, not alone. I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, so today we have uh, one of my, like literal one of my best friends, uh, Caleb Culver. Uh, he's the wor- executive worship pastor at Radiant Church at Kalamazoo, Michigan, and um, and, and great friend of yours as well. I mean, well. we've been friends for almost 20 years. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. And we like we did an internship at the House of Prayer back yeah. when we were 18. Yeah. And uh, about a year later, year and a half later, he gets married. Yeah. I let him use my car. Uh-huh. And it was his getaway car. And you ready for this? They got pulled over. Like she's in her story. wedding dress. It's hilarious and terrible. And the if you're just the police married, officer, is right, on the back on the back of the car, <laughs> and the guy still pulls him over. And I'm like, I don't know if you're the police officer. I'm sorry, but that's crazy stuff. But it's a funny story. Yeah, they're petty in New York. They Those, are. I mean, they're 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 protecting and serving and doing a great job. Yes. I mean, we appreciate all law enforcement. But that one decision was questionable. <laughs> you know uh, what? They I were did, safely driving. I after just that. didn't know it was your car that they got pulled over in. <laughs> Yeah, it was my car. It was my car. It was that's, great. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Caleb's amazing. Um, what I this interview here's why this interview is important um, because uh, there is uh, some I'm just going to call them drops right now. Yeah. Of little sprinkles of revival happening in little pockets. Um, Asbury uh, University has been well documented in um, uh, Lee University, and there's just you just keep finding these videos surfacing of young adults at college campuses by the thousands just gathering and worshiping. For me as a young uh, youth pastor, young adults guy for years, I just, I've been taking a sigh of relief saying, oh God, you're doing it. Because I've been looking at this younger generation going, there isn't much geared towards them, targeted towards them. We uh, mostly just complain about them. Right. And uh, and I'm I'm relieved that oh like I heard what happened at Asbury and I went oh praise God yeah. you're gonna do it God you're gonna raise these guys up and show them Jesus that's beautiful and uh, uh, they're experiencing at Radiant uh, a wave of that they right. a bunch of them went to Asbury they came back uh, the young people came back excited and then the Lord started moving in their midst and they started just like praying 24 hours a day yeah. like just. Not stopping. They just, and mostly because they didn't want to stop. Like right. the Lord was doing some stuff. And so. And even their young teenagers, like yeah. not even just their young adults, but like their young teenagers. teenagers. Yeah. On stage leading. And they, they, the Caleb has had like, you know, you guys lead and yeah. we're just going to receive. And so um, I, I was just refreshed by this whole interview. I, I, I we, we have a bunch that we recorded, but we slotted this one in because we were like, oh, we want to tell the story of what God's doing right now, right now, right literally, now. Yeah, right now. like he's literally moving and it's beautiful. So uh, this is Caleb Culver, Radiant Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. All right, well, we're here with Pastor Caleb Culver at Radiant Church. He is the uh, executive worship pastor there. And giving Caleb a title feels so weird because yes. both of us know Caleb so well. <laughs> For nearly 20 years. For nearly 20 years. Uh, oh, good friend, old friend, bro. Thank you for coming on here. Yeah, 
excited to be on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are. Well, I am. I don't know about Zach, but I am so no, excited. excited all day. I've been like, we're going to talk to Caleb. This is so great. <laughs> God, so I, I will not share all the stories, though. You know, oh, for, thank you. for your own dignity and, <laughs> and mine too. <laughs> for both of both of the. So, so uh, Caleb oh, was here so at the International House of Prayer back in the day. I, I, the way that I'd say it is, I, we all just kind of grew up together, just giving ourselves to twenty four seven worship and prayer. And in that process, God uh, marked so many of us and all three of us, I would say, in different ways, and set us up for what we're doing now. Um, Caleb and I worked together building two different worship camps, actually. Uh, so one, uh, we built, uh, helped build ATC, Awakening Teen Camp, here in Kansas City. And then I connected with him when I was pastoring in New York, and we built Northeast Worship Camp out there in, uh, in New York. And that camp is still going strong. That's it's in awesome. its eighth year. And so, um, so uh, just we've, we've been linking arms for a long time. So uh, I'm just so glad you're here. Uh, what I want to, to, to skip ahead, I want to hear your story a little bit, just kind of as we jump into, because there's, there's a couple things happening right now, like Radiant uh, Church is kind of experiencing a little bit of an outpouring, and I want to hear about that. That's on the tail of the Asbury Revival. A lot of your guys went there and came back and saw some stuff happen, and, and that might, may or may not be the story. I'm excited for you to tell it, um, but, uh, but I want to hear about you because you are not just a dear friend. You are unique and needed in the body of Christ in the nation, I would say. You just you carry something that, uh, that you've imparted to so many over the years. I just want to hear your story and get a little idea of who you are, and, and then we'll jump into the other stuff. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that that intro. Excited to to be on. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up missionary kid, pastor's kid. Um, my parents came back from the mission field uh, and planted a church in upstate New York uh, when I was about seven, eight years old. And um, really, I, the first time I remember encountering the Lord, right around that early 90s time, uh, my my parents, my church, myself, we were all deeply impacted by the the Toronto blessing, the outpouring that happened in the early nineties. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I, I was young. I, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect or really what was happening, you know, for a while. I just, I just remember experiencing uh, the presence of God. It's when my, my faith went from really kind of my, my parents' religion to my own. And, and that renewal really touched my church, uh, my family, and then and then myself. I mean, I just remember being an early teenager and just hungering for the presence of God, uh, you know, wanting guitar, wanting a piano, wanting to just worship. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of friends my age that were wired like that. Um, but really, my, my early teen years, uh, my parents started doing morning prayer meetings um, and that was kind of where I cut my teeth leading worship first too, was going to these like 6am prayer meetings and, you know, me and my parents and, you know, 60 year old intercessor women just getting it <laughs> in the presence of God, just praying, <laughs> worshiping. Awesome. And, uh, and in, in that place, like I, I knew the Lord was calling me to worship and his presence. And I, I didn't really I didn't feel a leadership calling per se. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what to tell people when they asked me the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I didn't really even have desire to lead in the capacity that I'm leading in now. I, I just knew I wanted to, 
to be in the presence of God. I knew I wanted to worship. I knew I wanted to, to play music and, and write songs and help usher people into the presence of God. And so I heard about the International House of Prayer when I was 15 from David Slyker, uh, you know, who we knew from upstate New York. And he told me about this place where they just worship and prayed all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know hardly anyone my age, um, nevertheless, a bunch of young people that were passionate <laughs> about worshiping and praying. And just even this thought of like round the clock worship and prayer. I mean, I was very, you know, curious and interested and came out to, to a conference and didn't know what to expect. I mean, it, uh, the format, everything was just a little odd for me, you know. And then I just remember like in the middle of the first song, I somebody grabbed the mic and just started shouting and yelling stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the conference has been disrupted. Uh, <laughs> we have to stop this man who, who's screaming on the mic while worship is going. And then somebody had to tell me that that was Mike Bickle and he was a prayer leader. Uh, and that he was supposed to be on stage. And uh, they're That's like, awesome. yeah, they do this worship and prayer thing together. Um, and uh you know, I was at this conference. It was, I can't remember what it was, something friends of the the bridegroom or, or, or something similar. Um, you know, and I remember just talking with other young people uh, in the prayer room, 18, 19 year olds, and, and just the language of the word of God and the hunger for his presence uh, was so unique and rare. I just remembered, I'm like, man, I want to be around people like this. And, um, you know, signed up to do an internship at the International House of Prayer um, and and really got marked for prayer and prayer and worship together. And, and really what I kind of know and understand is, as, you know, resting place theology or, or wanting to create and build a, a resting place for God's presence. And, and then, you know, when I was 24, you know, in 2011, when the awakening, you know, broke out at IHOP, um, you know, that was a really pivotal moment. Again, I really felt uh, the Lord just did a deep deliverance, deep work in my heart, delivered me of a religious spirit, delivered me of of uh, just some shallow perspectives on him and, and, and ministry. And, and it was beautiful, too, because, you know, when I was a teenager, I was really observing this renewal. And then, you know, in my my mid 20s, I'm I'm in the middle of this other outpouring that's happening and but this time um you know leading worship and writing songs and playing and receiving yeah. and just kind of getting thrown in the middle of it and and getting to lead even though you know I had I didn't <laughs> feel like I was leading or that I had anything but I just felt like it was just I, I had an awareness even then um you know when I was 24 that even though this was beautiful was happening in the moment it was also being trained for for later that, that there was like yeah. this, I, I kind of observed it when I was a kid and now I'm kind of in the middle of it. And, and there's going to be later outpourings where I'm, I'm going to be fathering and maybe not as seen on stage, but, but able to kind of know and understand and, and lead through that. And it was really marked in that time and, and season. Um, and, uh, I know, had to interrupt I, real quick on that part, yeah, yeah. just because, uh, cause I, I was, I was as well. And uh, one of my favorite memories was the night that I finally broke. I call it break because I was really stubborn. And <laughs> Kayla, awesome. you know the story probably. Yes, <laughs> and uh, 
So I, I like, I just, I don't know what happened. I showed up. I was cranky. I was cranky that we had to, every night we have to go to this thing. It's like six hours long. It's disrupting everything I'm trying to lead and all of this stuff. So finally the Lord hits me. And for whatever reason, I just start, I, it was just a, uh, wasn't a, it definitely, cause I was the last person that was going to fake a manifestation of the spirit. Like I just, I was just so cranky. Everyone knew I was cranky. Everyone knew that I didn't like that stuff. I wasn't about it. I'm an evangelical kid, all of this stuff. And something happened when the Lord touched me for whatever reason, I just start bellowing. Like they called it like a moose. Like it just start <laughs> like just, I, I, it was just felt like God punched me in the stomach and just this sound came out. And, uh, so Caleb and Rachel were kind of watching it while they were on a date because uh, <laughs> they took the night off. And then he's like, I hurt. And like all of a sudden, like he's next to me. He's like feeling the Lord. And he's like, we're here because we heard you on the web stream. <laughs> <laughs> if Zach's getting it, then we got to get back. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. Anyway, it, it was sweet. It, it, same thing for me. I, I, I felt that religious spirit, all of that stuff of I had really wanted to intellectualize the love of God. And I felt like the Lord actually met me in a real way. But then it's a different story. But anyway, it was a very powerful time. That was exactly how it went. We hadn't missed the night. <laughs> we were like, we missed one night because it was like maybe day eight or nine. Like, we should take a break, go on a date. Flipped it on. And I just, I mean, I could like hear Wes Hall whispering over the sound of just Zach in the room. Just <laughs> absolutely losing his mind. And, and, and uh, it's it's funny, but, I, you know, there was deep deliverance yeah. in the ministry. Yeah, happening at that time, and I I came out of that, and I I at the time I hadn't really planned on leaving Kansas City, and um, but coming on the tail end of the awakening, the Lord was really speaking to me about pastoral ministry and leadership, and the and the church and preparing the church uh, in America, um, uh, creating a resting place for his presence, praying church. And, you know, to that point, I mean, I prayed for the church daily in the prayer room, but I, I didn't honestly like have a heart or really care to, to do anything <laughs> other than pray, although obviously uh, effective, but the Lord started to kind of turn my heart toward the church, um, uh, to, to go lead and, 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 and pastor, um, you know, which again, previously hadn't really been in my heart. And, and so I uh, ended up um, uh, getting invited to go out to Colorado Springs um, from David Perkins, who led Desperation at the time, um, and uh, was like, hey, we have this prayer center. It's the first building built for 24-7 prayer um, in, in the West. And, you know, we want you to come out and help us build prayer. And so we moved out to Colorado Springs and and uh, directed the uh, worship school program they had out there and, and just started building prayer in that, in that prayer center. Um, and, you know, for me and Rachel, my wife, you know, we've been passionate from, from the time that I've known Zach about raising up um, musicians and singers, young Levites to minister in the house of the Lord and uh you know to 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 prophesy on their instruments to lead people into the presence of god and so like zach mentioned we led the camps there 
Um, and then really gave ourselves to that in, in Colorado Springs as, as well and have just seen just a, a massive influx of especially young people that just have a heart um, for worship, for the presence of God, to lead people into that, to see transformation and encounter, to see to see prophetic worship uh, happen. And so, you know, everything from from songwriting to just leading worship in the prayer room is kind of raising up discipling you know young people and musicians and so that's that's when it and colorado springs uh, when i was at new life is when i met pastor leaves our pastor now and and uh, the lord really spoke to him about a vision to build a prayer center in the heart of of kalamazoo and and uh to 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 basically see a praying church raised up kind of all across america and so the lord lord sent us out here we've been out here for 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 six uh years and and uh uh writing songs we have uh music that we release uh called radiant city music that that we really want to help be a soundtrack for the praying church all That's across awesome. america but uh we built a prayer center in in downtown kalamazoo um, where we do morning noon and night prayer at 8 a.m noon uh 6 30 monday through friday and uh, has really changed the trajectory of our church and our ministry. It's been beautiful because now, just even with what God's doing right now, like Zach alluded to, which we'll talk about in a little bit, feels like the Lord has built the the wineskin to help hold what He's pouring out. That's cool. Um, and uh, that that's that's really what we've seen. We've seen the Lord kind of building the wineskin first, and then and then beginning pouring His Spirit out. Wow. Well, so what do you mean that it's changed the trajectory? of your church? Like what ways have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a massive credit to, to, to pastor Lear, you know, our leader, cause you know, radiant was, has been, and was experiencing, you know, a lot of growth just year over year um, in Kalamazoo planning campuses. You know, we have three, three campuses now and, and uh, you know, traditional wisdom would say uh, you know, Hey, your your influence is growing. Keep planning campuses because then you're obviously you're gonna not only be able to reach more people, but then you just even for the budget and all these things like it's it's gonna make sense. And and Pastor Lee was like, no, instead of building another campus, we are gonna spend, you know, essentially, you know, where we're at. I mean, millions to find a building and resource and fund prayer to happen in the heart of our city and you know it would be impossible wow. to kind of tie in all the ways that it's changed but it, we've essentially aligned and, and it's become the furnace uh to which everything else uh, uh uh flows out of i mean we kind of describe it as the as the the heartbeat and so the way that that alignment has worked is like even like our students like they they do their leadership training. They just took over a Monday night prayer meeting and, you know, it was just kind of a small group of a couple of teenagers. And now, now it's uh, close to 200 junior hires and, and young wow. kids that come every Monday night and just, I mean, absolute called, absolutely called out fire. I mean, it's powerful, <laughs> just 11 year olds, 12 year olds, 13 year olds, like intercessors being baptized in the Holy spirit, like, Wow. getting a heart for evangelism, loving the presence of God. And, and that that's touched so many areas and departments of the church. When, when that, when that prayer engine has stoked hot, it's just kind of aligned everything 
uh, within prayer and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it changed just the expression of the presence of God, but, but also the depth of discipleship and, wow. and, and again, just that unified alignment around, you know, what we're doing and what we're going after. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you, I mean, the comment that you just made was the depth of discipleship. And I, I feel like I've experienced that. Like when you have prayer worship, uh, as the center of how you disciple, the depth, the the how where it's able to go, because we're asking the Holy Spirit, they're asking the Holy Spirit, trying to stoke this dialogue, which is the whole point of Christianity, anyways, right? Is to talk to the Lord and hear Him talk to us, and then respond to that, right? Yeah. Like for fellowship with with God and fellowship with man. And I I'm just encouraged to hear that testimony there too of you know, and even with the eleven year olds thinking about Caleb as an eleven year old not having. The other ones it's like yeah this really can establish you in that at a young age yeah that is really cool uh we got to take a break uh, but i want to brag on you on one other point real quick because you didn't say it and i want to say it is uh is you are an incredible songwriter one of yeah. the things that's provoking uh to me about you is how you uh really have spent years and i mean actual years actually just trying to hear the sounds of heaven and and writing music that I mean not just not just worship songs but I mean even just sounds and music and just scores uh, of just the the beautiful sounds of heaven to me has been one of the greatest gifts that you are to us to me to the body of Christ but also uh, fun brag is uh, also you wrote the music to Reckless Love which uh, Corey Asbury gets all the credit <laughs> and uh, honestly. Who is that guy anyway? Can I just say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm joking for all of you listening. He's a great friend of all of ours, but um, but you, you but you wrote the you wrote the music to that, and even actually when I first heard the song, knowing that it was Caleb, it just sound it dripped with the sounds of heaven. Yeah. Just that immediate. I, I think that's actually what kind of made the song the song. It's just that original piano line at the very beginning. Um, so I just, I love that about you too. So I, I wanted to make sure to say that about you as well, because as much as you are, because it, 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 the goal is getting presence and worship in people and helping disciple them in that. But the skill and the tools God has given you to do that is pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I love that. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Summer's coming up. It's coming up. We have teen camp here we, in yeah. Kansas City at the we International did. House of Prayer. That's correct. Zach, you know a lot about that. Yeah. So uh, for many years, uh, I was the director of Awakening Teen Camp. And here. you were an amazing director. Oh, thank you. It was it was awesome. Yeah. I, so I honestly, honestly, it was my favorite thing to do was to to run Awakening Teen Camp, who's now run by this amazing guy named Josh McDonald. Who, who is wonderful. Who is wonderful. I love him. If you're a parent listening, if you're a teen listening... Uh, if you know a teen if or you know a parent a teen, of a teen. Yeah, the, the primary thing that we are after at Awakening Teen Camp is helping teenagers discover Jesus. Yeah. And uh, if your teen knows Jesus a little or not at all, get them to Awakening Teen Camp because we essentially just put them before the bonfire of the beauty of Jesus and just let them encounter it. And it's... It's awesome. I've uh, when I was leading it, and since for you know ten years, other people have led it and seen massive testimonies of yeah. teenagers just discovering Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times right now people come up to me still, young, you know, young adults in their thirties, yeah. going, 
I met Jesus at that camp, yeah. and I my life has been changed ever since. And so, uh, I not that we're 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 promising a return on the investment <laughs> of like your kid will for sure love Jesus, but man, get them here and let yeah. them discover the beauty of Jesus. So you can go to ihopkc.org/atc, sign them up and register them. So Caleb, we have been talking a lot, like the whole nation has been talking a lot about the Asbury um, renewal, revival, whatever everyone's calling it. And you you had a crew go down there and it and brought something back to your church. What happened to them, to you, to your church? What's going on? What an exciting time right yeah. now! Just hearing yeah. reports all throughout the nation. I mean, really all over the earth, but but throughout the nation. And uh, I, I've noticed something shifted right actually at the beginning of the year um right at the beginning of january we do our 21 days of, of prayer and fasting and we did kind of our our service to kick it off typically we have you know four or five hundred people that 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 come and you know engage with that prayer and service and and this year like 1200 people showed up the first night wow and <laughs> and throughout all okay. of seek it, there was just like all of the sudden, like there was just this brand new hunger level that was just, it, it felt like it came out of nowhere. And, you know, we have a, uh, at, at Radiant, we have a, a, a network of churches um, that are, that are part of it. And so I, I help lead kind of the worship expression of that. And so we have a text thread with, with 40 of us worship leaders and, and, and people are texting like, did, do you notice something going on? Like, man, all of a sudden, like the hunger level of people and the presence of God has just increased wow. in the way we haven't seen it. And uh, we, we kind of saw that throughout January. That's interesting you say that because I would say, uh, you know, I'm connected to a lot of friends who are in the Art Church Network. They follow Church of the Highlands. They all do the January 21 days of prayer. And uh, even just, I would say across the board, guys that aren't even usually kind of even reaching for that are saying, man, something, some sort of hunger or something struck yeah. our young people and they want to, they, they're at every meeting, they're showing up and it's provoking me to have that reach again, have that yeah. hunger again. And I'm going to start doing worship nights and prayer nights and all of this other stuff. And so like, I just, that's interesting you say that because I, I, I kind of heard the same thing. Yeah, I, we're hearing reports of that. And I think it's a, a really important distinction because I, I, I think what happened just sovereignly in January, like the Lord was stoking something that kind of set the framework for, you know, February 8th with what he began pouring out at Asbury. Um, and so we just had an increased expectation. And even in our, our classes for our, we have a, a Bible school and a worship school. Um, and uh, we just we're getting classes interrupted like crazy with repentance is breaking out and fear of the Lord and even moments of travail and which, which, you know, are more uncommon for us. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, February 8th, kind of this news breaks of this, this prayer meeting um, uh, that's, that's, that's going on and, and burning. And so, uh, uh, Toby Cavanaugh directs our ministry school, who's a friend of mine and Zach's. Dear friend, yeah. Um, he he took down, you know, a, a, it wasn't all, but it was probably 50 students um, down to Asbury. And, you know, we're, we're getting texts and reports. And uh, I, I was really curious, too, because and something that has just marked whatever God is doing, it's very humble 
And if you look with natural eyes and ears, you'll you'll miss it. So I'm like watching videos of like what's happening at Asbury. And I, I'm not really like getting it at first because I'm like, this kind of like feels like a blow average radiant prayer meeting or like, you know, a blow average <laughs> prayer meeting. Like, I, I don't understand like how this is revival. And maybe you guys saw the videos, actually one of our students that ended up his video being, I think it's both the most shared out of the Asbury revival so far of anyone given articulation. He's up sharing his testimony and he, and he just says this phrase. He's like, it's, you know, there's, there's no, there's no celebrities. There's no lights. It's just ordinary people who are hungry. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, our, so our students came back and uh, Rachel and I actually lead our Thursday morning prayer meeting. And so uh, the, the week after on the, the, the 16th, you know, we just began leading worship for our just normal 8 a.m. prayer meeting or, you know, it's kind of a normal uh, uh, scheduled prayer. And, you know, it just halfway through three quarters of the way through. I mean, there was just waves of his presence and uh, expectation that just went beyond what we had kind of experienced in the prayer room. Wow. And students and people kind of kept flooding in and, and, you know, we just kind of made the call like, well, let's just kind of keep going, you know? And, uh, and then people kept coming up on instruments and, uh, and we ended up just experiencing out of, out of, you know, unplanned, obviously just a 10 day prayer burn where we went 24 seven, not, mm -hmm. not, not in a leadership push at all. Just a, sovereign moment where just this the prayer meeting started burning and it just didn't stop wow. um, and uh and there was just moments of deep repentance and deliverance and salvation and healing and joy breaking out and so suddenly you know even our evenings which typically maybe only 20 30 people uh you know prayer rooms with Full, filled with 200, 250, 300 wow. people wow. kind of packed to capacity and staying into the late hours of the night. And this, you know, what, what everyone's kind of experienced too, just a unique anointing on Gen Z, just like whenever they got up to lead, to sing, to, to share a testimony or prayer lead. I mean, it was like the cloud just like wow. followed and yeah. uh, just crazy authority articulation um for what was happening and just crazy hunger and just so many just testimony after testimony you know i've been insanely oppressed depressed anxious suicidal wow um you know substance abuse whatever praise god man. and uh just getting delivered and testifying in a moment and, and something that unique that's been happening is They've been filled with boldness and they're going out and telling other people. Wow. We've just seen a wave of salvations. Um, like the first, you know, one of my favorite stories, it was only like day one or day two of this prayer burn. Kyler, one of our worship students, just got set free of the, the, the fear man. Well, he goes out to our Western campus, sees someone and just runs up to him and just starts preaching the gospel to him and and just had not seen a lot of success just in evangelism and just like, Within moments, like this person's guard down, they were spiritually hungry, and he just led them to the Lord right That's on the awesome. spot. And <laughs> That's amazing. We had eight eight salvations at the college campus just within a few days of the prayer burn happening. Wow! Which kind of overflowed to the weekend too. Which we, we you know, I I think when 
it's we're excited when there's 10 15 people on a weekend yeah i was gonna say i mean part of the side and the wonder is like you at a local church level i mean if you can get five percent of your people to prayer meetings on a regular basis you're winning you know like it's it's very hard and and you know with our american schedule some of that's not necessarily spiritual hunger some of it's just literally life and the way we prioritize things and schedule and all of that stuff but to to hear that there are um that 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 they're flooding into the prayer room doing 24/7 that people are hungry to get in there is the first sign of the wonder the second one to me and this one really hits my heart and it'll hit yours too cuz we were both youth guys together for a long time um but the pain that i've had in this present era is that youth ministry has been dead. And I, I don't mean that in a way to point the finger and blame anyone. I just mean it literally has been dead. Like, it just literally has. Like, uh, there, when we were growing up, you know, you had Acquire the Fires and Passions and Urbanas, and you had all these Youth with a Mission was really at its peak and was taking kids out on ministry trips and missions fields. And it was, it was something that there was this culture where you could get sparked to really give your life to Jesus, to go home, give your life to Jesus in your church. And there really haven't, hasn't been any of that. And youth ministry has been mostly overlooked in this era. And I remember in January, February, I think I was talking to our friend Dave. I was just like, I, God, what you, how do we do this? Like, do I need to quit everything I'm doing and go back into youth ministry and start rallying, raising up youth pastors? Like it, it feels really helpless to know, God, how are you going to reach this next generation? And then here we are, February 8th, like you said, all of a sudden, it's not just Asbury. I mean, it was Lee University. There was Texas A&M. There was, I just saw a video today of this college that I don't remember the name of in Alabama, <laughs> but like, it's just all over the place, Stanford. And you're seeing these just large gatherings of young people going, give us Jesus. And then there was this relief in my heart of like, oh, praise God. Like, thank you, Jesus. Like, for real. Because I, w- I, I was worried. Like, God, what do you, like, this, surely this generation can't be left. But th- that's the whole point, right? Like, he's going to build his church. He's going to do it. He's going to move regardless yeah. of our deficiencies and our weaknesses. And so it's been beautiful to see uh, a spark of anything coming from this generation. And two, yeah. the stuff that you were talking about, the repentance, that's been the thing that's been so highlighted yeah. to me is... I mean, that's the Lord. We don't repent on our own, you know? Like, yeah. we don't naturally want to say, I'm doing these things wrong, and my way's wrong, and his way's right, and now I'm going to turn and do it a different way. Right. And so that being fruit, I mean, that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit moving, yeah. and it is the fruit of the fear of the Lord. And it's it's honestly yeah. a starting point, you know, because that's what salvation is. We're repenting. We're turning. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned to our own way, right? Like, And yeah. then we turn back to Jesus by his mercy and by his kindness, because of the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, salvation and repentance, like those two things go hand in hand. When you see repentance in the believer, you will see repentance in the unbeliever to come to Jesus. And I'm like, yeah. yes, Lord. Yes, this is, this is the beginning of the fear of the Lord, you know? Yeah. I want to ask you one more question, and then we're going to take another break. But um, as a father... Uh, in this, you know, I mean, uh, to these young people, and, and you've got all of these, you know, Radiant, you have so many, uh, executive worship pastor at Radiant means something different than a lot of other churches, because you have a prayer room, and you have a worship school, and you have tons of worship teams that are going regularly, um, 
And so, like, what is your challenge? What is your call to your, as you're discipling these young people yeah. and what they're experiencing right now? What's your call to them? What's your challenge? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's interesting. The last two, three days, we've felt the Lord really clearly just give us a strong shepherding challenge. I mean, e- even the the Ezekiel 34 warning of do not feed yourself before the sheep. Like, wow, the, that's the, good. The nets are breaking right now. And, you know, this is a moment like we have to lead and disciple, like that we have to lay our lives down yeah. and, and really shepherd. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of gone into overdrive of like, okay, you know, how are we, you know, how are we able to do this? So even freeing up our pastors practically to have more hours to meet. Because So for example, we've had three people from this last week that have come into the prayer room and admitted to having affairs, like confessing wow. marital affairs, like deep yeah. sin and brokenness just under the presence and the fear of the Lord. And, and one, one instance of, uh, it was actually one of our pastors that was praying for this guy that had a word of knowledge. It was like, uh, <laughs> you're living in immorality. And he, he starts crying. He goes, yeah, it's true. I'm living with my girlfriend. And he, and he's like, no, it's worse. There's more. He's like, you're right. I'm having an affair on her. And, wow. uh, and wow. this, so he ends up, um, ministering to him in the hallway leads this guy to the Lord. He wasn't even a, a Christian and his girlfriend, you know, also, very broken background, also getting led to the Lord. And, you know, so we have these, these circumstances of very broken people getting breakthrough and deliverance and healing. Wow. And, and we're actually just like, okay, we actually have to free up our, ourselves to provide more pastoral care and, and, and shepherding. And so, you know, right, right now we're kind of praying through, you know, what that looks like, but, you know, something else that, that we're just, we're doing that the Lord is, challenging us on is is giving them leadership in a way that we typically wouldn't i mean whether it's like worship leading or prayer leading or whatever we're saying we're gonna actually let you you, the lord's on you leading yeah and so we're gonna give you the mic and give you leadership and we're gonna practically come up and 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 come under you so even like our, our worship expressions like on our we 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 did a sunday night service and again, typically we'd have like five, 600 people and there was about 1800 people showed up wow. in our, in our room that fits 1200. So we had overflow, but instead of, we, we had on the worship team, we had a 13 year old girl, you know, a 15 year old girl and, you know, some Gen Zers. And so we had the the structure of people that had an experience like my wife leading who can kind of direct and give this framework, but then giving key moments to trusting them to like lead, like lead and take the lead. We're behind you, Gen Z. Wow. Like you have the articulation, you have the authority, and then we're going to come up after and even just, you know, be able to debrief and, and help do some of the structural things so they can kind of soar. And so we're, we're seeing a lot of that right now in this moment too. Oh, I love that. That that's, that's beautiful, man. I love that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and uh, we're going to ask Caleb what he feels like uh, God is saying to the church in this time. Well, hey, here we are again. Yep. Live read. Live read. We keep saying live read, but really, we're not reading anything. I know. Yeah. We're actually just... Yeah, we're just saying We it. are. Yeah. 
but, but here we are doing it. Yes, we are. And we want to talk about um, Mike Peace, Pastor Mike Peace, yep. uh, who we interview on this podcast. Yep. And uh, he has this incredible ministry called Bethel Express. It's unbelievable. In downtown Rochester, New York. And they are helping kids. Uh, he's he's transforming young people's lives. Uh, the stories that he tells yep. of even adults now who were mentored by him when they were teens. He buses them in uh, all over the inner city yep. of Rochester. Rochester is called the bloodbath of New York because it's so violent. There's so much um, gang and uh, drug activity happening in the in the inner city there. And he and his wife, they just serve, have for 30 years, they have just served those young people. Yeah, discipled. Discipling help them. Help them get educated. Helping them their get into college. Get into college, yeah. graduate. They are changing the, changing. the data, the stats <sighs> yeah. on what comes out that's of right. them is like No, that's 100%. Shocking. Yeah, it's beautiful. So uh, we want to give an opportunity for you to give. And so that's why we're doing this ad. We don't do ads to make money. We just do ads. Uh, so other things people that we can. Like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that other people can. I like that. Yeah. I, I want Mike Peace to get money from this. We, I do too. I, I want I Bethel suggest, Express yeah. to benefit from this. Yes. Yeah. So um, go to BethelExpress.org slash donate. And, and I would just encourage if you're, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, maybe it's the end of the year looking for a place to donate money, I would encourage you highly to head on over and help the young people in Rochester, New York. Yes. All right, Caleb. So um, with what's happening, I mean, I just, again, a sigh of relief. It feels like the Lord is helping us in this season and yeah. this time. Um, in general, and you've always, I, just in knowing you, you and I both carry this, just a pulse on what is God saying to our nation and the church in yeah. America and um, we've been around all over uh, seeing the church in its many expressions all over this country. And um, I'm just curious, what, it, it, especially as the Lord is moving right now, what are you hearing God say? What do you think God's saying to the church? Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting to be speaking on it right now. I feel like even two months ago, like it would have been hard to speak on it without kind of a feeling of discouragement because... Yeah. It has just been a really difficult, um, I mean, few years in particular in the church. And, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I spent some time in Anaheim last year and it's just kind of a roundabout encouraging moment. But I was with <laughs> uh, Jeremy uh, Riddle and his team out there and just kind of talking about what's happening and, and just feeling like, man, we're we're getting hit with so much spiritual warfare and there's so much oppression and so much, so many obstacles. And, and, you know, I'm personally working through all these things. It just feels like testing and refinement. And, and, and he said to me, Jeremy said to me, he was like, just so you know, he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know anyone who's like killing it right now. He's like, <laughs> across the whole church, nobody's doing great. There's no ministry driving, <laughs> no individual. That's like, this is the <laughs> my life and and i'm just light and free and god's glory is resting he's like we are all under just the the honestly like the discipline of the lord like we've really seen that in the church right like yeah. of of our dependency on our models our our uh, how we look to uh you know our christian celebrities um and lack discernment of 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 who has authority and power and who doesn't and just our 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 models of of attractional church apart from the presence of god that have just been bankrupt and we we've, we've seen it in gen z that just is zero interest in the way we've done church right yeah <laughs> so you see this decline happening and 
And, uh, you know, it, it's tempting to be really d- discouraged in those times. But I mean, what we've seen is, you know, that the cycle of revival, when you tip toward, you know, that refinement and desperation in the church of God, we, we have to have you. And, and yeah. we've seen that just even for how we're crying out for Gen Z, because it's, it's like, you know, for the generations that have seen God move, and, and have walked away, there is the element of they've been in the father's house, but they're the prodigals that are, you know, eating the the, the pig slop in a foreign land. Well, well, what do you do with a generation that was born into the pig slop in the foreign land that doesn't right. even know the father's house? Yeah, oh, that's and a great that's, point. <laughs> that's what this generation is in right now. They are yeah. in that place. They have not experienced the move of God. They, they have only known the church in decline and scandal and and what we've seen. And so um, I I've seen just through that refinement and discipline of the Lord, what's, what's emerging is hunger. And, and what I, what I see really happening is uh, pastor Lee had a, had a picture of uh, a thousand tent posts uh, for revival um, kind of from the, from the picture, you know, of, of Acts 15 and Amos nine, I will restore the tabernacle of David. And essentially the Lord raising up, you know, a thousand praying churches, these churches that, that maybe have not carried influence, um, you know, in the past, but have said yes to hosting the presence of God and moving, building a corporate altar of prayer um, at their church. And it's been hidden and unseen. Um, but, but the Lord has been stirring this hunger under the surface. And then in a moment, he can just lift up that tent uh, and pour out revival and he has the the the, the wineskin these these posts that are all situated scattered throughout our nation that that have been maybe in hidden seasons maybe not but they are ready to host uh you know the presence and the power of god and that's exactly what i see happening you know i think that this this is the wind of the spirit that that bob jones was talking about um uh and you know, the the Lord gave me a word back three years ago, just in, in a time where the Lord was doing some refreshing and and uh, and uh, it was it's speaking in decades when I'd be um, in my twenties and my thirties and my forties, and he was like, Caleb, you were delivered in the wine in your twenties, you'll be healed in the wind in your thirties, and then you were born for the fire in your forties. Wow. Uh, and I see this movement moving like wind, and I've noticed just a, a a deliverance and a healing that has spread throughout. And 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 I think the churches and the the people that have the wineskin of uh, of the corporate altar of places the 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 Joel two places where people have gathered and know where they can gather to cry out to the Lord to, as the only solution. And, and I see those are the ones who are able to hold and host what what's happening. And, uh, and, and I think the dismantling of just the, the uh, just, you know, the, 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 the structure based church of just like, Hey, if we, we, we do the, you know, the, the 55 minute service with good sounding music and, and great lights and a super charismatic speaker, then we can get people in our churches and, and we can grow the kingdom. And, and, and that model has become bankrupt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really just see if you don't have the presence and the power of God present, um, you know, there, you, you don't have 
the the wine skin in place to hold what God is wanting to pour out and what he's doing, Yeah, you know, not just in Gen Z, but across generations. And so I, I just see, you know, the <laughs> restoration of the altar. I mean, the, the, the personal altar, the family altar and the corporate altar. Um, you know, right now I'm noticing just multi-generational healing, like, and we're experiencing it here too. Like our prayer room, we have 10 year olds and 70 year olds and, and there's this honor between generations and we're, we're seeing restoration and, 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 and relationships with parents and families that are hosting the presence of God in their home, restoring the family altar, and then coming and serving on this, this corporate altar of prayer that, that, that I've building and it's these tent posts it's it's the the praying church he's raising up all over the nation so that he can pour out his his spirit you know uh, on us as a people and it's beautiful too because it hasn't just been situated you know it's not just at asbury or or not just that radiant church like we're, we're seeing it you know in 50 member churches you know in small towns yeah. but the people that have committed to hosting the presence of god and restoring the corporate yeah. altar and the family altar and god is just pouring out his spirit in a unique way you know you said something that uh i want you to clarify because i know what your clarification is going to be so it'll be helpful yeah. um uh because one of the things that i've noticed in moves that start like this is uh people swing pendulums you know what I mean? So you're talking about, you know, attractional church, nobody likes this. So we're going to let the presence lead. And there's been a lot of even in this, mostly just because I think everyone is so new to the Lord moving in any sort of way. Uh, a lot of the language has been like, God's done with, you know, plans and structures and whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, but we're all still, like, we all still have to lead. Like, there has to be leadership in the room. So we're not like canceling Sunday service and there's not going to be a run sheet and there's not, like... There, there are things that, like, worship has to start at a certain time. It has to end at a certain time. There's, there are plans in place. And I hear, uh, I think a lot of the scoffers hear those, not what you're saying, but a lot of what people say, and then they just kind of tune out because they go, okay, so you're saying no leadership. That, well, that's not possible. And that's not what you're saying that, at all, in fact. What, uh, I, I think it's actually Pastor Lee who says this phrase. I've stole it, and, and I've reset it often as it's my phrase uh, enough times <laughs> that I, I I there's no way to give Lee credit at this point but it's your phrase Ed, yeah it's my it. it's my phrase so now I often say. so I often say <laughs> yeah, yeah. not Pastor Lee who is yeah. that guy anyway um I'm just kidding I love Pastor Lee um but uh but he he said you know he was talking about contrasting what's happening in the nations God is moving and you're seeing you know millions come to the Lord and then, then at the time, and this was like four years ago, here in America, we're seeing massive decline. What is that? And he said, the difference is they've built their churches around the presence of God, and we've built around the absence of God. And I, and I think that that's what you're saying, is it's not that like we're not going to have schedules. We, we have to have growth track type things to track when somebody gets saved. Are they in discipleship? Are they in a small group? There has to be structure. But it's that that's all we've done. Our faith has been put in our ability to put structured things together, and we've completely missed inviting his presence and building the structure around that first. But it, it, just just clarify a little bit on that point, too, and speak to that however you want to, because I feel like that that nuance is important to communicate because uh, I don't want to I don't want somebody to get thrown off and, and miss what God is doing. 
Yeah. No, I was saying let's throw out all sorts. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clarifying anything. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, the the leadership that's required is is actually greater. Like, you know, yeah. when God moves, there's actually the, the need for apostolic leadership you know, in particular, yeah, increases, it doesn't decrease. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we need the leaders to to really rise up. And what what I what I think is is happening is um you know it, it it's the rebuke to the the Laodicean church that really was a rebuke of self-sufficiency. You yeah, know, you that's th- good. You you think you have everything like and right. and in America we just kind of have like yeah and so there's nothing that's part of that church structure that's wrong except if it becomes self sufficiency because it's like well we don't need to be reliant on the person of Jesus or the power of God because our service structure and the the our buildings and the money and 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 I'm not against any of those things we have all those things radiant has we've been gifted all of those things. The the problem is when it becomes self-sufficiency, when we're reliant right. on it. Yeah. And, and it, that's what, what has felt is the Lord has let us feel, you know, what he says to the church there. You, you don't know, you think you're, you're rich and in need of nothing, but you're poor, blind, naked. You're to be pitied. Like yeah. you, you aren't as awesome as you think you are. Right. And it's yeah. like, I think the church, the Lord is saying, you're not as awesome as you think you are. And so it's not a matter of, throwing out the services it's it's repenting of the self-sufficiency and and saying we are we are going to get back to hosting the presence of god and having jesus be the most important person yeah um, in our services on weekends and and you know like the the need for leadership will will only increase in that in, in that context but i think we're on the tail end of the Lord kind of refining a lot of those things. So it's so exciting to see him now just breathe yeah. fresh and new life into his church, you know, as we've been crawling out saying, God, you know, wow. we are in decline. Like we have a generation that hasn't tasted and 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 seen that you are good. And 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 so now it's we're in we're in the place of just being encouraged, seeing him begin to move. Wow. That's so awesome. awesome. I love that man. That was a great, great clarification point. I just, I think, uh, I think the Church of Laodicea word is one hundred percent accurate. You know, we have friends that have felt the Lord been saying that in this season, and uh, uh, I, I, I think that hey, it's that it's it's twofold for me. I feel like it's the Laodicean word, and then I, I mean, you could just say, well, it's all the letters to the Church of Revelation, <laughs> but uh, but I also really feel, and I think this is what's happening, is the the letter the, to the Church in Ephesus, the the um, that yeah. the returning to your first love and yeah. and uh, strengthening strengthening that which remains, and returning back to your first love. That there's this returning that's happening because of the Laodicean thing, because of God Jesus's word to the church in Laodicea that you are, uh, you know, you are completely apathetic, and I think that that's getting shaken and waking yeah. up. And I'm, I'm, I'm not just happy about that. I'm provoked and convicted by that because yeah. I, I would say that as much as and you can, I, mean, I don't know if this is the same for you or Sarah, but as much as I am so celebrating that God is pouring out, as much as I'm 
happy that the Laodicean spirit, we call it, a, it's not a spirit, it's just the spirit of the, Laod- the word that was to the Laodicean church. As much as that thing is getting exposed in us, I'm realizing how much of a, uh, how much, uh, how, how can I say that right? How much of a part of it I have been over the years, you know, that, that, that has struck my own heart. My heart is apathetic. My heart, even as a leader and as a pastor, I've gotten lost in the program. I've gotten lost in the self-sufficiency and I'm feeling convicted. Jesus, I need you. Like we, if you don't, you know, we were having this conversation earlier with a worship team this morning, you know, we were talking about reconciliation needs to happen in the church and just feeling the desperateness in our prayers today of going, Honestly, there's no possible way 30,000 denominations are going to get united into be one pure and spotless bride on our own. This has to be a work of the Spirit. Like, God, you just have to do this. We need you, and we can't do this on our own. And even the repentance. Like, I feel like COVID was a loud trumpet blast of repent, turn to the Lord. And I feel like that's been the thing that he keeps saying. You know, he's like, no, 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 turn to me, turn to me, turn to me. And even with this, that being the fruit of it, I'm like... Yeah, okay. That seems to be the Lord here is is yeah. this repentance. Um and the uh you know, just the fruit of what happens out of repentance and from from the little turnings to the big turnings and and I yeah. You know, I'm just going to say this. Caleb's just sitting here watching us talk now at this point, but I want to say this too, is uh, <laughs> is uh, on that self-sufficiency part, and I, I just, I have been feeling like the Lord is saying this right now, but um, but also I think God's calling out our like comfort in counselors. And what I mean by comfort in counselors is I'm not saying that, you know, mental health stuff isn't bad. There's real mental health stuff that we are all really suffering from. But it's it's that self-sufficiency of, well, you just need this person and this person will help walk right. you through. Right. Or you need to have this conversation and this conversation will help you get to where you need to go so that you can do this. And it's, it's all, void of Jesus. It's void of the cross. Yeah, yeah. it's void of Jesus. Like there's not a talk to that person by all means. That person is skilled to help you identify what the issue is. But at the end of the day, the power of Jesus and his cross is the only thing that's going to get you through it. And the only way to get you through and connected to that is by walking in his ways. Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you worshiping? Is the presence of God on your life? And if it is, then the presence of God and his power is going to begin to chip away and maybe a momentary, but maybe it's over time, deal with your problems of depression or anxiety or whatever it is. But we keep just referring people to other people and saying they're the they're the one that's going to save you and we are the most depressed nation in Amer- in the world and we have the highest suicide rates in the world and it's clearly not working because we're not surrendered to Jesus. Yeah, and it's the what I was trying to say with the the covid call to repentance yeah. over these last few years is that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. So it is the Lord that is actually gently pulling yeah. the believer and the unbeliever to repentance. It it has to be him. Right. Transformation has to come from him because that is that is the only way we get there. Yeah. That is the only way it happens. Yeah. And the whole point is to talk to him about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm putting my finger on that because let's just talk about it. Like, right. I just want to have a conversation. That the, It's like the Lord saying that yeah. to us. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like, you have any more thoughts on that, Caleb? We just got to let you sit there and watch for a second. I, I do, but that was, that was fantastic. I, I so agree. And it's been fun to see, like, just in the last few weeks, some of the, the breakthroughs from what people have been contending for and crying out just even in that area, especially with Gen Z. Yeah. Even just related to their sexuality and confusion and just my hope is stirred. Like there really is deliverance yeah. and healing for a broken generation that 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 is Jesus centric. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He Amen. has an answer he to, does. to the brokenness. Yeah. That's yeah. in that we are steeped in. Yeah. Right now. Uh, Kayla, would you pray for us just to close us out? And, and, uh, what I'm wanting you to pray for us was, you know, obviously like Sarah and I would love to receive prayer from you, but, um, (laughs) but primarily those listening, I think that there are many listening who haven't yet seen this outpouring and who are reaching for it, who haven't have been, who have been in the desert still, and they haven't seen the drops of rain yet. Like they, they've heard that there's clouds over there, but they're not where they're at right now. You're still in the desert and I just want Caleb to pray. And I just, if you're listening, I, I want, you know, this is uh, strange to do in a podcast, but, uh, but I want you to receive right now. Just put yourself in a posture to receive and just receive from heaven what God, God in real time is with you right now. And I uh, just want you to receive real quick. And Caleb, pray for us. Yeah. Lord, you said in Zechariah 10, in the season of the rain, ask for rain. And so, Lord, we just see that, you are beginning to move in your church. We just say thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you for thank you, Jesus. us in our self-sufficiency, Lord. We thank you for breaking in. And God, I, I, I ask, Lord, just that you would continue to do that work of repentance, Lord, that we would repent, that times of refreshing might come in your presence, Lord. I, I ask for uh, every pastor, every leader, uh, listening on this call, Lord, I, and I, I just ask that you would stoke the flame of hunger in their heart. Yes, and Lord, Jesus. we ask for just the refresh, refreshing rain of your spirit to come and move, Lord. We have been calling out and contending. You said, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, turn, repent, I will hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land. Lord, yeah. we are in need of, of, of that move of God. And so, Lord, we we ask that you would hear from heaven. Lord, yes. I ask just for personal refreshment. Lord, I even ask what you've been doing in me in the last two weeks, Lord, where you've been delivering me of offenses. I didn't even know I had, Lord. And 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 just gently coming in and, and removing just the uh, uh, the scourge of even the last few years and the pain and how difficulty and difficult it's been, Lord, I just ask that you would just remove the, uh, the venom, Lord. We just yeah. ask that you would restore the years the locusts have eaten, Lord. There's just been so many plagues of just this, the enemy eating away at different things within our souls and in our ministry. And Lord, in a moment, you can come and bring restoration to what the enemy has stolen what the locusts have eaten. And so, Lord, I just declare just a season of restoration, Lord. Yeah. Just in a moment, in a season, in a week, Lord, you restoring what, what the enemy has been chipping away at for years. And, Lord, we just we ask that you would help us as your leaders to steward this move. Lord, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear uh, what you are doing, Lord, that that we would not judge with our natural eyes and ears, but Lord, we would have just 
a spirit of humility as we watch you move and that you would help us lead as, as shepherds, give us wisdom and, and guidance to steward what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. So good. So good, bro. I love you so much as always. And uh, thank so you for good coming to see on, you, man. Caleb. Yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much for, for, for having me on. I'm excited to to uh, follow this podcast and listen to what you guys are doing. So love, love the vision for it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And that is Beautiful Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining today. <laughs> you know, what's funny is as you're saying, uh, that's Beautiful Church Podcast. There's another uh, room next to us and someone's loudly <laughs> making sounds onto a microphone. You know what? It's it's the praise of the Lord <laughs> for this podcast coming out from that so, room. So, so tune back into this podcast and you're going to hear amazing things like sounds being heard in the background. Yes. If anything, tune in for the sounds. Yeah. Make sure you like, subscribe, and, and, do share. All the th- and share. Yeah. All the things. Uh, leave us a review. Those do help. Um, and, Make comments, uh, even yeah, negative ones. Sent- <laughs> even negative ones. We don't mind. We no. just want the algorithm. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, share with your friends. Send this to a couple friends that you uh, that might need to be in church. To, uh, in church? In Encouraged yes. about what God is, is doing, doing in, in the church. church. Yeah, there you go. Uh, maybe "encouraged" is our new word. Yeah, I don't know. Encouraged about the church. Come. Uh, so we'll see you again on the Beautiful Church Podcast.